I'm as blue as I can be. On the three songs pod. I got the blue blues. I'm as blue as I can be. Oh, freak mistakes, baby. Yeah. Cause every time I look around, someone's trying to catch for me. And the woodlawn bar. Every time I go swimming out in that big blue bay. You're Mike Hogan. Yeah, and Bob the Stan. Every time yeah. I go swimming out in that Chesapeake Bay. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Pie, baby. That's right. That's Magpie. Magpie. May 16th, 2018. What are we on, Bob? Episode 72? 72. 72. Very good 72 episodes of the Three Songs Podcast. Mike Hogan here with Bob Nastanovich. And uh, if you're not familiar, what we do is we each bring three songs play them for each other, we talk about them, we share them with each other and with you guys. And today we're talking the Preakness Stakes, too. Yeah, well, it's the second leg of the Triple Crown. That's right. 143rd edition. That's right. Eight horses in, eight horses in, you know, of course, including the Kentucky Derby winner, Justify, who will be like, what do you think, two to five, three to five? Uh, His morning line was one to two, so I think that sounds about right. Yeah, it might be shorter, won't he? Yeah, you know, I mean, one to two seems right. Yeah, so we'll we'll go through the Preakness field for you, and we'll play some songs from Baltimore. Mike's got a couple of them queued up. I got a like, couple Baltimore tunes, and I got a couple. I got I got I got one from um, not Baltimore. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That's gonna be a wet track again, isn't it? <laughs> it's just it's raining like a, it's raining it's raining over there. Uh yeah. I think there's yeah there's gonna be some serious weather going on. We'll talk um, about that later. You gonna play a Baltimore song to kick us off? Magpie, what's... anyways. Talk about Magpie real quick. Okay, that yeah, was Magpie Kent, in the Ohio. intro. Yeah, yeah. A couple of great dudes from Kent, Ohio, and they you know keep recording great music. And uh, you ever read the book uh, by uh, William Warner called Beautiful Swimmers? No. Oh, you gotta! I gotta get you that. I'll okay. send you one of those. Send me a copy. That's my dad's favorite book. Really? Yeah, won the Pulitzer Prize. Really? I've I've not read it. Oh, it's a quick read. Okay. Uh, it's about the watermen of the Chesapeake Bay area. You know, like, uh, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. You did, yeah. This I know. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, my parents had a, a house on the Piankatank River for a while. We had crab traps and everything. You ever pick a blue crab? No, no. I, I've I've uh, caught, um, like, crawfish. That's the closest I've come. Pretty close, but... Uh, Oh, my father, you know, he 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 loved the blue crabs so much. He'd almost walk like them. He'd walk sideways like them. And he used to <laughs> teach the kids how to catch them and clean them and everything. All of his grandchildren, he t- you know, like they all the first things they did was learn how to pick a blue crab. So, and of course, we know we're talking Baltimore. That's like you know the kingpin city for blue crab. Crab picking. You go to Baltimore, get it, and, and like they'll they'll put like fifty of the put a half bushel on a picnic table, mm-hmm. spiced and ready to pick. I had you know no what idea. Saying, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds awesome. I'm I'm down next year. What? Right? Oh, you'd get in. You'd you've got you got good fingers. You got good hands. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Now, better than mine. You can pick a crap. Okay. Anyways, play play a song from Baltimore City. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a song. I'm gonna play a song about Baltimore. There you go. Uh, this is this is actually written by a guy who was born in Eugene, Oregon, of all places. A place I've lived. I lived for about seven years. Um, he died young, sadly. Actually, the next the next song I'm gonna play is from a guy who died young too. But that's okay. It's beside the point. Uh, fantastic songwriter. He's known for, um, he's actually known for writing a, um, kind of an American classic, but this is, uh, this is his song called Lady of, uh, The Lady Came from Baltimore, rather. Tim Harden, um, has written a lot of beautiful, beautiful songs. Reason to Believe is one of them. Um, If I Were a Carpenter is probably his best known too. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but this is just a it's just a pretty little song. It's about Baltimore. And uh yeah, Tim Harden. I like him. He's good. Bring it. 
Lady came from Baltimore All she wore was lace She didn't know that I was poor She never saw my place I was there to steal her money To take her reins and run Then I fell in love with a lady Got away with none The lady's name was Susan Moore Her daddy read the law She didn't know that I was born And lived outside the law Her daddy said I was a thief And didn't marry her for love But I was Susan's true belief And married her for love I was there to steal her money To take her rings and run Then I fell in love with a lady Got away with a man The house she lived in had a wall To keep the robbers out She never stopped to think at all That that's what I'm about I was there to steal her money Take her rings and run Then I fell in love with a lady Got away with none That's a pretty little song, huh? No, oh, it's beautiful. Very beautiful, yeah. I, You know, Tim Harden, he's... You know, I mean, it's it's crazy because obviously he's remembered for for songs like "Reason to Believe" and he's remembered for "If I Were a Carpenter," but I think he, in, in some ways, I would say he's a bit forgotten. Like he's not of his oh, contemporaries. Oh, totally forgotten. Come on. Yeah, of his contemporaries, totally he's, he's not as remembered as or as as revered as Nick Drake or um, Tim Buckley or a lot of these singer songwriters from the mid '60s to late '60s, and it's just a beautiful song you know i mean even even graham graham parsons who of course has streets for the streets of baltimore uh, another yeah beautiful song um you know i i'd put tim harden right up there with with all of them and uh, i, I kind of can't get enough of that guy in fact i haven't listened to him in a while I'm well, that's your back. eugene spirit well it's um yeah i mean you know, yeah I, I don't know how much time he spent in eugene but he was born there and uh, you know, I think he was more kind of an LA guy, but uh, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, straight from the rim on the Pimlico Stakes, thirteenth race on the card. Yeah, you're diving right in, man. It does diving. dive right in? Let's handicap this thing. Diving right in. Well, I'll, you ready? I'm gonna I'm put you on the spot right now. I'll put you on yeah. the spot. Is um, for, first of all, for first question. Will there will the Belmont be will it will it have a horse going for the Triple Crown? I uh, I don't think so. You don't? Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Really? All right. So so that's um that's a bold statement. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. let you just expand upon that. Well, what do you think about the um? The quote injury scare would justify. Uh, I, I think it's uh, much ado about nothing. Right, I like that. I'm cool with that. Okay. And here's Anyways, why. Do you want me? Do you want me to tell you why? Do, I mean, do you agree or do you um, do you do you you know have a divergent opinion? I mean, I, I'd be willing to talk about. It. I think it's because I think I, I do think it's important to to address. Well, sure, it's important to address. Of course, we're talking about horse racing. Talking about the Triple Crown, like you yeah. know, three races in five weeks, right? Right. Do you I think? Mean, you know, I mean, do you think it's something to even factor into the discussion of the race? As as far not as not in this case, but I'm I'm saying like you know it could be used as a possible excuse if if it Justify runs poorly. Oh sure, but yeah. I mean, do you think that there's anything that you saw? I mean, and what we're talking about is the day after the Derby. When Justify won, Bob Baffert walked him around for the media, and he had a noticeable limp. Uh, noticeable limp the day before the Derby, which was 
you know, 13, day after the Derby, sorry, day, day after, after the, the Derby. Derby, 13 days, yeah. 13 days before the Preakness stakes. And the, I, I have, there's two reasons why I don't think it really matters much. Okay. One, think of the thousands of horses that run throughout North America each year, each, you know, <laughs> okay. and, and think about, think about what you don't hear about them the day after any of their races, even, even stakes winning horses, even prominent horses, even horses that win, you know, like, did you, did you see arrogate walking around after the Travers win last year or two years ago? Did you see, um, you know, oh, no, I mean, the, 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 Derby winners always different gravy. Of, of course, of course. So what I'm what I'm saying is, this is the sort of thing. That Pretty could, much the only American racehorse each year that's paraded after they at the next day. Yeah, absolutely. Generally, yeah, and that's not you know that's choice of the stable. Absolutely. So I don't think really like much of it at all. Really, no. really. And and so I guess what I'm getting at is there is this is additional information that isn't really even. That noteworthy because who? Well, I think it, it's, you, I think what's more noteworthy is the horse ran a brilliant race in the Derby. Okay. Uh huh. And but and he's an incredibly good racehorse. Sure, we all know that. He's obviously ta- very talented. Incredibly talented. Okay, but this is a different kind of ass. I'm not saying like you know. What I'm saying is that like two to five, okay, or one to five, or whatever he's going to be, you have to, like, you know, figure out a way to crab his form if you're going to bet the race, right? Oh, sure. So you sure. have to find an angle in. Right? Sure. So, like, you know, you can key him on top of, like, you know, or you can play, like, a $100 straight try for that kind of guy. You can do, like, a justify, good magic, whomever, like, maybe, you know, maybe two horses and third type thing. We'll talk about it. So, anyways, yeah. from the rail out, quit. Right. right. From the way, from so so yeah, we'll get to we'll get to justify. Um, you know, quip obviously. He's he, a seven horse again. Justify. He, so you know, that's right. He is. Uh, quip is he's owned by the same owners that own Justify. He was eligible right. to run in the Derby, and the owners decided to scratch him, partly maybe because you know they knew they had a good thing in Justify. He's no, no, they. I think I think Quip ran a really hard race chasing Magnum in the Arkansas Derby, and they figured that right. It was only, but the, but I mean, it's the thing. It was it was three weeks prior, and had it been almost any other owner, most likely Quip would have run in the Derby because you know he, he belongs. He, he, belongs, he belongs. He won the Tampa Bay Derby and ran a second to Magnum Moon. Right, exactly, and. He's proven his quality, but his owners his owners said, you know, we've already got we've got a stronger bullet. Well, you know, let's save this one, and he shows up here. I mean, he's he's talented. Um, he's going to have to. He shows imp- up here because he's been pointed for here. He's going to, ha- but he's going to have to improve in order to beat Justify, or, or maybe he takes to the off track. I mean, that's you know, the rain could. Oh, be there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. But for me, Quip, like it's a matter of him. Like uh, I've seen him, I've seen him run twice. Okay. I saw him run live. I saw him win the Tampa Bay Derby. Yeah. He he breaks incredibly sharply. Okay. So he's got no choice from the rail under a under a fantastic jockey, Florent Giroux. Mm-hmm. He's straight send. Sure. Straight send to the front. Okay. Sure. And like, you know, it, it, there could be a golden rail. There could be a golden it's rail possible. there. Entirely it's happened possible. before. Yep. He could be straight send and they could just like leave him alone and like and and if and if it's muddy or sloppy he's never stepped foot on it before but boy is he completely all about a wet track on pedigree yeah right he he hasn't run on it so it's it's hard to say until they actually do it but yeah well know, the interesting from, thing about him a little distorted humor you know he loved the right. wet track from a he's pedigree a standpoint influence. it seems like he should like the wet track he's got normandy and Bayesian in his uh, pedigree, who ran a delightful wet track race in the uh, Derby when he finished fourth at Orb and moved to quick, actually hit the front to, uh, early in the race for Larry Jones. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, he's straight send. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if, if 
he doesn't make the lead going into the first turn, he's in big big trouble. He okay. he should clear his, the two horses to the outside of him. The only horse I think that's pretty likely, easily. Yeah, I mean Diamond King has some speed. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, Diamond King has some speed. He's the one that I would see pressing him. Good Magic sits behind. Uh, tenfold maybe goes, you know, somewhat lightly raced. And, you know, Justify is going to be right up there second, third, Oh, fourth. I think if Justify breaks alertly, then he's going to go after Quip. Yeah, but, you know, it's the same barn. I mean, it's not the same trainer. Uh, no, I don't same... believe in that. I don't believe in that. No, it's not the same barn. We got, you know, a French guy. Sure. Rodolphe Brisset. Sure. But they've got to communicate. I mean, if they've got to, the owners... Are you saying that, like, you know, like, Quip's in here as a pace setter, like, Coolmore style? I, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No way. I, what I'm saying is there's no way that they're going to make their one horse duel with their other horse and and slit both of their throats. It's just. It's, well, we've seen that in the Preakness before. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but not from the same owners. Not a slit. They're, they're hoping that, that basically. Justify can track Quip. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, Justify tracks Quip. Quip takes him as far as he can, then Justify takes over. Quip hangs on for second. That's, what I'm saying is Quip keeps on going. That is the um, that is the ideal scenario. But, you know, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay, if Windstar Farms and China Horse Club and, you know, the 50 other people that are involved in Justify's uh, ownership if um you know and, and that also have uh, a piece of quip if they run one two around the track and coming into the stretch justifies not able to pass quip in the winner's circle if they're all in there but they're celebrating quip over justify do you think they'll be excited do you think they'll be disappointed do you think they'll be a mix you know like well, they'll be very excited because they'll have two amazing stallion prospects <laughs> I guess, I guess, but I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, two's better than one when you start breeding mares. That, that is, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely you know. true. Um, I mean, I could see it and, and keep in mind, I think Elliot Walden himself trained distorted humor. He's a sire equip. You, you, you may be right. I can look it up right now. In fact, so um, go for it. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah, I saw him when he seven for a long race at Keeneland. You yeah. Know, the Commonwealth, something like that. Uh, he did. Elliot Walden did for Prestonwood yeah. so, Farm. Yeah. Great owner. They, that's the, the uh, same owner breeder of uh, Flatter, I believe. You're probably right. Chuck Dickey. Chuck Dickey. Yeah. You're probably right. Good people. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, enough about Quip. I think he's live from I, the ring. I, no. I, I think. I think um, he is the most interesting of the horses that did not run in the Derby. He's a good-looking animal, yeah. my friend. Yeah, put it that way. He's not—he's not Bernardini good-looking. Yeah, right. But okay, I mean, like, who's the last horse that came into the Preakness with this kind of hype? Other than American Pharaoh, it would definitely be Barbaro, right? Since mm. Justify. Like, I would say, actually, Barbara was more hype than Justify. Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's possible, because Barbaro's derby he was... He won by six lengths. He yeah, was undefeated. It was, right. Yeah, Justify's undefeated. Similar. It was... It similar was, type of hype. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. All right. Quip's a nice-looking animal, believe me. He is. He absolutely and he, is. And he breaks really sharp. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, Lone Sailor of the two. Complete toss. Switch of jockeys Complete from, toss for uh, me. I don't think he's a complete toss, but I think complete he's third toss. at best. Yeah, well, he's a plotter, you know, like he's, he's a, a plotter. He, he's he's a plotter who is going to be way, way, way out of it early. He has to hope for a complete pace meltdown, like a even, forty-five and change type meltdown. He has to hope like, for a complete pace meltdown to even start picking up the pieces to hit the try. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't know. He's just not my type. He's not okay, my good. Type. Skip him. Yeah. Okay. Sporting chance. D. Wayne Lucas, a very strange horse. It what? Must be said. What the hell are we going to expect from this horse? This is this horse. This horse cannot run in a straight line. 
Well, he'll affect the race. <laughs> I mean, you got Lone Sailor as the horse to the inside. Sporting Chance should probably be named Drunken Sailor because this this horse cannot run straight. He can't. Well, if, he can if you don't hit him. He, I guess. I mean, two two races back in the bluegrass. It'd be interesting if, like you know, if he if he had the N next to his name, entered no whip. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Uh, you just know, leave him alone. Just let him run. Leave him alone. I, I guess, but like, aboard. he he. For me, he's just a horse that's not going in the right direction. He's in here because Dwayne Lucas likes to take a shot in the in in any of the Triple Crown races. Um, well, I mean, you know, bless him for that. You know, yeah. Thanks. No, I'm You're, not going to knock him. I'm Ox not going to knock. Him. You know, it's the same kind of horse. Yeah, you know, but Ox, the, uh, different different animal. But like I'm saying, like you know, same kind of spirit. Same kind of spirit. But we had a different Derby winner. I mean. Orb is not justify. Uh, you know, Orb Orb was a questionable Derby winner at best. Oxbow was a better um, Preakness chance, I think, than Sporting chance. Um, you know, I mean, he's a fine horse who, um, as a two-year-old, looked like he had a lot of promise. And he hasn't really added to any of that as a three-year-old. Maybe some of that has to do with his issues with ducking out. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously green. I mean, who just who knows what you're going to get from him. Uh, well, I mean, he's too valuable to cut. Like, but maybe they yeah. should geld him. But like this, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. who knows? Like, so you don't like him either. What about Diamond King? Diamond the King is... Horse in the breedness. Trained Diamond, by John Service, who won the race with the Fleet Alex. No, he won the race with Smarty Jones. Smarty Jones, that's right. Smarty Jones, yep. Uh, Cassius King owned a Fleet Alex, or the owner of Diamond yeah. King. He's he's interesting local to Local horse, local Local horse. horse, you know. I mean, the, the Tessio winners don't usually do too well. But, you know, he's interesting to me because aside from when, you know, he clipped heels and lost the rider in the, in the Kentucky Jockey Club, he's never really run a bad race. Um he had a little bit of a break. He came and won uh, at Laurel, won the traditional local prep for the Preakness, which is the Federico Tessio. Um, he's got some positional speed. He won't be too far back early. Um, you know, he's just, it, if you're looking for a silly long shot that has a little bit of upside, uh, you know, I would, I'd, I'll just say I, I find him more interesting than a horse like Lone Sailor. Okay. All right. Um, I don't personally, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, good magic. Do you think he'll just finish second again? I think, you know, I mean, you think about what the most likely scenarios are. Not to say necessarily the scenarios with which you can craft a story that helps make you money, but you think about what is most likely to happen. I think when all is said and done... Justify is most likely the best racehorse in the race. Good Magic is most likely the second best racehorse in the race. I mean, if we're going to look, we're going to flash forward, you know, a year, two years, five years even, and, and think back to this field and who were the horses that were best, regardless of how they ran that day, who were the best horses in the race. I think you have to say Justify is is number one and, and Good Magic is number two. Whether they run that way is is, is another story, and that's why it's called gambling. But uh, right, it's a five dollar exacta. Yeah, it's it's not going to pay for anything, you know. So uh, it's not a very fun. Well, keep in mind, like this horse, you know, he had a very nice trip in the Derby, Good Magic, and he was all out. Right, and Audible who did not have a perfect trip by any means. Almost caught. He was all out for second. Right. Completely all out. Right. Yeah. You, you, the question becomes. So I'm saying like he's like you know like if you don't key him, key him in third. Yeah, and and you know a horse like Good Magic, if you think he he's going to have to improve to beat Justify, and Justify is going to have to take a step back, or maybe not like the track, or maybe like you were saying something with the foot issue was more more uh, of an issue than what it seems to be. You know, I mean. Crazier things have happened, you know, the horse that's run second in the Well, Derby. like last year, crazier things yeah. have happened. Cloud computing for the same barn won the Preakness last year, Chad sure. Brown. Sure, yeah. That was nuts. Nah, bad not race really. Last year's bad triple crown. Oh, yeah. He beat a suspect Derby winner. I mean, that horse, that horse coming into the Preakness, 
Well, he's proven very suspect. Yeah, he was he was suspect at best. He didn't have the pedigree. I, mean, I don't even mean it from a horse racing. He didn't have the resume. I'll, I'll put it that way. He didn't have the resume that justifies bringing to the race, and he didn't have the potential. Oh, there's upside. no comparison. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's just it's hard for me to see a scenario where he turns the tables unless Justify shows up with less than his best. I mean, really, for I'm any saying of good magic to play against in the top two. That's that's wise. I can see that. That's wise. Yeah, I'm just saying because he's going to be like, what is he going to be like, four to one, five to one, like clear he's, second choice, like the only other horse people are going to play. Three to one on the morning line. I believe he's the only single digit horse besides justify at one to two okay i think he'll, i think he'll be five to one and justify will be two to five okay. like i can say two to five four to one two to five nine to two okay all right so uh what do you what do you think of tenfold i like him yeah, i do too yeah i like him for a lot of reasons he'll love the he'll love a wet track even though he's never stepped foot on it as well i think that he'll run a good race on a wet track and i think he's doing well i think he's fresh yep and um, I think he's I think he's got good tactical speed. He's got some upside to he, him. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't he's think we haven't seen untested. his best. He ran a hell of a race in the Arkansas Derby, really, the first time he got put to the test. Right. Un- unlike unlike a horse like Sporting Chance, who I think is going the wrong way, um, I, I I think we haven't seen the best from Tenfold yet. I don't know well, if we'll we, see we on might Saturday. on Saturday or we might not. Right, exactly. You know I mean? we, he he he's only run three races, so he's a little you know he's a little uh, inexperienced, and I'm not sure this is the race for him. But um, he'll be a decent price, and 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 I he mean has he has actually time. shown in his three races that he's pretty professional. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, I mean he, yeah. he beat. So it's like you know, he's a he's. It's not like you know, he's a pretty professional racehorse, I think, and he's bred to be. That's true. I mean, but he beat he beat yeah. maidens in his debut convincingly, uh, having it his own own way, you know, wire to wire, um, and then he you know he he was kind of all out to beat. Uh, allowance company and then you know i mean he didn't run horribly in the arkansas derby but he was never really like threatening the winner or even quip for second so yeah but he really got beat four and a half by magna moon who was like you know a lot of people's like derby fancy yeah yeah that's fair i mean but what i'm saying mistakes i'm saying like the talents there he's talents he's got to improve you know well he definitely has to improve you know by about five lengths you know to, to factor yeah but I'm saying, like, he's, you know, he's, he's cool. like him a lot better than a lot of other things in here. That, I won't disagree there. Yeah, so, justify. So, like, he'll probably win the race, right? Right. I mean, if he runs if he runs a repeat of any of his four previous career races, he wins the race, you know? Simple right. as that. He will, yeah, yeah Simple exactly. As that. So, you know, I mean, you can either decide, do you get cute? Do you fancy a scenario or factor in a scenario where... He's maybe not going to run his own race, or do you just try and um, key him on top and and play around underneath? Uh, those are the decisions to make, I guess. Yeah, who knows? I mean, like the only reason you play against is if you assume that he's like, you know, going to run a subpar race. Right. Right. And it, for me, the only and the again, only thing like, you hinge keep on. Keep in mind too, he's never really been tested. I, yeah. Even in the Derby, like the like, and, and of course, a great horse like him makes a great trip, and he made right. a great trip in the Derby. Right. Exactly. That yeah. that's the thing is, you, yeah, you don't get test. He didn't get tested, but he had the positional speed to get in front of eighteen of the other horses and keep himself. Well, at the out. same time, though, now if he'd been drawn like sixteen and got nailed by Magna Moon coming out of the gate. Who knows? Yeah, well, you know, if wishes and nuts, or I don't know, what what's that saying? I'm saying, like, you know, seven hole was a good hole. Like, if you watch sure. the um, sure. Derby, sure. You know, it's a good hole. Well, yeah, perfect trip. You're, here's the thing. You're not going to win the Derby without a good trip. You know, um, simple as that. You know? Oh, many have. Many have. Not lately. No, not lately, but many not, have. Not against 19. Right. Not against 19. Okay. That's the thing. That's the thing is if you get a bad trip, there's maybe not 19 others that get great trips, but there's, you know, 13, 14, 
12 others that do, and one of those in the Derby is going to be good enough that they're going to not stop. So, anyway, Bravazo rounds out the field. He's he's the eight not, horse, the eight horse. Not for me. The other D Wayne Lucas horse. He's um you know, I mean look, he beat my guy uh down in, in Louisiana, um instilled regard. And that might have been his career highlight. Um I'm I'm I don't know. No. Oh, I, I just think it's pretty simple, third or fourth at best. Yeah, I, I'm 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 not in love with him. He's a very nice racehorse. I'd like to own him. Yeah, but anyways. I'd like to own him, but I, you know, I'm not too interested in betting on him. So, anyways, I'll I'll get us right out of the Preakness. Okay, where are you taking us? Well, I'll say Quip will win, but anyways, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but who knows? You'll come up with something for eight dollars that'll near miss you at eleven grand. So, yeah. Or uh, whatever, but more. That's okay. <laughs> oh, it's not a diss. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, cramp, psychedelic jungle, nineteen eighty one. Classic. Classic. You want it you want a wet weight racetrack? Let's go to the goo goo mud. <laughs> okay. I turn into a teenage Guguma. Yeah, I cruise through the city and I roam the streets. I'm looking for something that is nice to eat. You better die when I show up. see the cramps bob i did in 1986 that must have been a show yeah lester to montford hall in lester england wow yeah yeah i was 20 and um oh yeah you've told the story that's right yeah yeah i went by myself that's right 
That's right. Yeah, and and my hands were in my pockets. Yeah, my hands were in my pockets because I, I was nervous. Why? Oh, it's like fifteen hundred people there, you know, and like it was crazy. They yeah, they are crazy. Lux Interior, Poison. You know where they started? Sacto. Yeah, they were hippies. Yeah. You ever seen those? Pic- oh yeah. You ever see the pictures of 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 Lux? Uh, I think probably from like nineteen seventy. Like he was a hippie. Oh, he's nuts, man! Hair down to his down to his waist, like total total hippie. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, rest his rest rest his heart. Yeah. He died in two thousand nine. He did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fantastic band. Yeah, amazing. Ter- you ever see the Preakness live? No, well, not in person. You never saw it in person. No, well, Ghost got involved with Ghost. this. Ghost is a big fan well, of the Cramps and the I saw Tabasco Cat trained by D. Wayne Lucas beat Gopher Jim. Yeah. Well, I haven't went there. And, like, we thought we could get tickets, me and my parents and uh, my girlfriend at the time, Erica Bricking. And, like, there was no tickets available. You had to go to the infield. And that's the craziest party you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, it's nuts, man. It's like. Not for normal people. <laughs> I'm saying like not for normal people. Like you just want to sit there and read the program and bet the races. Like, right. I got a picture of my mom sitting in a chair, like a folding chair, reading the program with like a nude frat guy <laughs> being tossed off a blanket directly above her head, like 12 feet in the air. But probably the best photo I've ever taken. I'll find it. Okay. You and send it to you. Okay. And then I saw Then I saw Bernardini uh, beat Barbaro. Well, yeah. no, I mean, well, Barbara never made it around the course, right. but, like, I saw Bernardini win the races. Like, sad, sad, sad day. Well, I left before it went official, you yeah. know. But I saw Bernardini in the post parade, and I was like, man. Yeah. I went back to the windows to get more on him, that son of a gun. He's a fantastic-looking racehorse, you know. Right. Right. But uh, I got shut out. But yeah. the amazing thing about the Preakness is, it's like, they walk into the track, at this point, you can bring as much beer and cans as you want to the races. If you go to the infield, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is nuts, but you got to carry them in clear plastic containers. <laughs> right, right. So you can see what you're carrying. So you see people that go to like Dollar General and buy those like $2 tubs, clear tubs, moving tubs. And they walk in there and like, it's like a procession of like people like carrying like, Things fit to carry seven beers with 70 in them covered in ice. Right. For sure. It's like a war zone in there, you know. For sure. And when the rain comes, they got banned. They don't care about the races. They, yeah. No. That's the last, it's, yeah, last thing on their mind. Do You didn't You didn't see Charismatics uh, Preakness win, did you? No, nah, Chris Antley, the Ant Man. Yeah. No. Because, uh, you know, the, the other thing that happened, the other famous thing that happened, or infamous thing that happened that day. Well, our tax. That's right. Yeah. Lee Chang Farrell jumped on the track during the race and tried to punch our tax. How the hell do you remember his name? Lee Chang Farrell? <laughs> yeah, know. Jesus, they pulled that one out. That's amazing. <laughs> Please, Jake, you, need to, you need to remove him from your memory bank. <laughs> you He's know, a horse racing terrorist. This is this is one of those like where are they now? Like, I I just I, where are they now? Where are they now? You know, it's been what nearly twenty years, and probably not that often, but maybe once every couple months. I just wonder what's Lee Chang Farrell doing these days. <laughs> I've never heard of Lee Chang Farrell obsession, but fantastic. I like Lee that. Chang Farrell. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know, a similar thing happened in the Epsom Derby, like in the 20s, a, a suffragette ran, you know, across right, right at the bottom of Tattenham Corner. You know that story, right? I don't. Tell me. Oh, I'll tell you why. I don't have the details in front of me, but like it was part of the uh, English suffragette movement. Okay. You know, right sure. to vote for women. Of course. And like a like a, a woman is part of a very brazen, like right to vote, like group ran across the track in the Epsom Derby, did something similarly at the bottom of the hill, sat in the corner. Wow. Huh. Well, a couple fell. It was a nightmare. That yeah. Was similar. Yeah. S- scary, scary stuff. Dangerous stuff. Yeah. Don't run on the race course. No, don't, 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 don't run on the race course. Don't. 
I mean, we can laugh. We can laugh about Lee Chang Farrell because no one died, and you know, uh, for all I know, he's. Oh, this woman died. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. She got ran over. Oh. Anyway, with that, let's let's pivot back to the music. I'm gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna Again, play something. The guy's used the verb pivot more than anybody in the history of podcast history. Mike Hogan's <laughs> gonna play us a song. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to something a little happier. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna play a, a guy from Baltimore, uh, born and born and raised in Baltimore. A uh, a giant, I would say, of the um, uh, kind of American folk uh, guitar movement. Um, uh, they call it kind of American primitive movement. Uh, similar to John Fahey, released some records on Fahey's Tacoma label. I'm talking about Robbie Basho incredibly influenced by a lot of Middle Eastern and um, Indian sounds. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so uh, so this is him. That's my scene. Yeah, this is, this is I, if, if you don't know Robbie Basho, by all means, check him out. Um, great, great musician. Another one that died young, died when he was 45, kind of a freak accident when he went to the chiropractor. And um, yeah, like chiropractor did something and it snapped something and it led to an oh shit have you ever been to a chiropractor no no partly because this robbie basho story scares the hell out of me wish i talked to you like 10 years ago yeah yeah oh man yeah anyway um this one i'm gonna play there's a lot of different ones i could play i'm gonna play this one partly because it's only about five minutes long but enjoy it it's it's uh he's got some longer ones this one's called the Hajj. Um, Indian influenced, but beautiful song from Robbie Basho. Keep it Lester, keep it Lester.
That's Robbie Bassett. Wow, that was right up my alley. <laughs> Isn't that Bassett. awesome? <laughs> Are you familiar with him? No. Really? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, cheers, mate. Beautiful, beautiful stuff from that guy. And, it, it, you know, it's amazing because it's incredibly beautiful, but at the same time, it's jaw-dropping because this is just one guy, and this is not overdubbed or anything. This is just him playing the guitar. So, Robbie Basho, vicious. Yeah, for sure. I'll take you to Manchester for one. Okay. Buzzcocks, Steve oh. Diggle. He didn't sing that many for the Buzzcocks, I've, guitarists. Yeah. yeah. It's a Diggle song. A Diggle. Steve Diggler, the Diggler. The, uh, Bolton Rock, you're, you know. You're busting out a Diggle. Yeah, busting out a Diggle for you. 1978. Classic. Love is lies. Yeah, classic tune. All right. Well, I'm going out. I'm gonna find myself a lover I'm gonna look until I drop I'll never stop I won't give up in any way, shape or form Well, I'm going out I'm gonna find myself again Take her out into the world We'll learn to dance We'll take a chance, we'll stop all Made you pick that song, Bob? Well, they're running the Dante Stakes tomorrow on the Knaves Meyer, aren't they? <laughs> I, I guess they are. They are. It's the most important Derby prep in the world. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Roaring Lion and Cross Baton are in the race. Okay. That's a big. That's a big race, the Dante. Come on. And that. And that, the Knaves Meyer. What does that have to do with Love Is Lies by the Buzzcocks, sung by Steve Diggle? North of England. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's the, the North of England. That's that's fair, but I mean, as far I'm I'm talking about that particular song choice, the Buzzcocks, I get. But well, the, I love that song. Payment covered that song. Really. An appeal session. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, it's like, no, it's uh, it's could, it's a it's a good song, but it's a I would say as Buzzcock songs well, Matt go. Well, Malcolm listened to the lyrics, so he didn't know that he'd have to do it. It's you know, a like that it's kind a of thing. deep cut, right? I mean, it's I don't mean that in a dismissive way at all. It, it's it's because it's a great song, but it's not. When you think of the Buzzcocks, you don't think of Love Is Lies. Well, at the same time, though, seriously, like. If you're a great band, your deep cuts are good, right? Well, of course, of course. I'm trying to. What I'm trying to get from you, Bob, is <laughs> you're not going to get it from me. What do you I got? I guess I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm trying in 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 vain. Uh, I'm going to go to Sweden. I'm going to play. A... <laughs> you want Shelley or Devoto? <laughs> Shelley or Devoto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, they'll take Diggle. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go uh, Sweden. This is I'll see you in the Namesmeyer band. You're in Sweden, for God's sake, you're, you're shifting further north. I am. That's right. I'm gonna go even colder as we get warmer. Uh, this is a band. This was they were around in the late '90s. Maybe you even crossed paths with them. I don't know. I don't know if you ever played Sweden. Uh, indie, no, for sure. Indie, yeah. indie band. Uh, played played um, Emma Festival. Fantastic female lead singer. Uh, I'm gonna. Would bush butcher her last name if I tried to do it. I'll just say it's it's Corinne is her first name. Um, band is called Honey is Cool. This is from their uh, I think this was 1999. They put this record out called uh, Early Morning. Are you working? This is a song called I Surprise. Has a little um oh, I don't know. Let's play it and then we can talk about it. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it because I'll be working at 4:50 tomorrow. Early morning. Are you working? There you go. Uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, here you go. Soccer song. Bit of what a, a kick at Sweden. Yeah, a little bit of a PJ Harvey vibe. Not all yeah, of their fantastic. songs. Yeah, not all their songs 
sound quite like that, but that's kind of a more upbeat one. Uh, it's a fun one. Well, it's radical. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Well, I really enjoyed that. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad you did. Because sometimes I've been incredibly wrong. No, no, you're you're never wrong. <laughs> sometimes I am. So okay. no, I'll be the it, I'll be well, the first not in to admit this program. Not in, in regards to this program. I'll be the first to admit. Well, just you know, songs I thought you'd like, and you were not so impressed. But uh, glad but you really actually like think about me when you pick your songs. I do. I do. Really? I think. Yeah. Very right. No. I mean, because like, look. Let Let's talk about this show. Or at least my approach yeah. to the show. We're sitting around, we're hanging out, we're playing music for each other, we're talking about music that we like, and I'm playing things that I think maybe you know, maybe you don't, but uh, I think you'll dig. So, And then vicariously, uh, hopefully, those listening will also appreciate too. So, at least that's my approach. Well, thanks for keeping me a, a priority. Me, like that. Maybe you're just picking songs because, you know, it's the north of England and there's a race going on. Yeah, the, the, the Dante. <laughs> well, how are you going to bring this? it home, Bob? How are you, how are you bringing this one home? I'm bringing it home right now with Albert Eiler. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I don't have to follow this one because Albert Eiler. Albert Eiler. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. Gonna, and this is probably not your favorite. This, well, is, this is recorded on my second birthday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 1969. 1969, okay. Why'd you pick this one? Two words. Well, I love it. I love okay. it. Okay. And I believe his wife at the time, his name was uh, Mary Maria Parks, sings on it, you know. Okay. Beautiful. And he died a few months after that. He He's did. a legend, you know. Mysterious death in the East River. I used to live a block from the East River. I used to, I used to walk down to the East River and I used to look out there and I used to like think, like, tell There's me. There's Albert. Tell me what you know about Albert Albert Eiler. Wow, fantastic! That's great. Music is the healing force of the universe, man. It's, it is. It is. And yeah, Albert Eiler. He's. A legend, another one that died way too young. It's kind of been a theme for this. Oh, show. yeah, he died a few months after this. Yeah, yeah, uh, a complete legend. Love his stuff. I, I could have devoted a whole show to him. I'm glad you brought him. Well, uh, no key in on a focal point, like maybe, you know. maybe, maybe. Yeah, you've, you know, you've got plenty of uh, chances to pull those out. In fact, on the next show, I'll do a, either a, a Lou Barlow or a Mudhoney type thing. Fantastic. You know. I'm cool with that. I'm absolutely cool with that. All right. In the meantime, before they run the Preakness stakes, uh, Island Harvest. Albert Eiler. Albert Eiler. Yep. Okay. <laughs> You work so hard Child, you really work too hard Every time I see you, you're digging and digging And last season you didn't do too well, you know Maybe if you let it grow naturally You'll accomplish much more, dear tell you how it's done, child. If you work all day and your heart ain't in it, so why get up and get all mixed up in it? Cause all your work will be in vain, or is life a losing game? You only reap just what you sow, cause all your work is in or is life a losing game? You only reap just what you sow. You only reap just what you sow. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely beautiful. Albert Eiler, Island Harvest. So, you know... Your work is not in vain. Your work is not in vain. Your work is not in vain. That's true. You know... Peace, brother. Peace, brother. Peace, my man. You know, the the passion of Albert Eiler. See you next time. Coming through. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Yeah. All right. Be well, man. Yeah. You too.